what we're fighting for Give us a gun and send us all off to war a badge so they can send us to the moon. Ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of I'm No Joe, your home for all things combat sports and the place where every armchair quarterback can feel like Ben Bronco. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them, no one else. If we say it, then we meant it. 
That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised, viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. You know where you are. You know what we do. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, to the latest episode of the I Am No Joe podcast, the show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as like most days, I have got a glorious panel here with me to break down the shit talking and shenanigans, get into the fight talk and fuckery that this weekend is lined up from the MMA gods to rain down upon us. But before we jump into all the fun that we've got lined up in store, first and foremost, gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? Doing fantastic. We actually have a semi-decent hangover card, and I'll call it semi-decent. It's not great, but there's some notable entertainment on it. Not to mention, there's a few fights that, to be honest, I've been, well, there's one fight on there that I've definitely been waiting to see happen for a long time, and I'm glad it's finally coming to fruition. So, yeah. yeah. Um, as well, doing fantastic. I still fucking smell like weed, man. I'm still reeking from the new job today. There's that, and then I'm actually excited for this weekend. Somewhat, you know, like TJ said, it's a hangover, but it's not the worst one that we've ever had. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's. I will absolutely agree. It's it's not the best card, but when it comes to hangover cards, it's better than what we've been getting thrown lately. I'll say that much for sure. So, that being said, to kick things off around here, as we like to do, a little bit of news and recent events, all the interesting tidbits that have shaken down the MMA news line since we saw you fine folks last. Um, as I've mentioned before, I'll keep mentioning, uh, we are not doing recap shows this season. If something cool happens live and we deem it worth talking about, we'll throw up a live little short video right here on the channel. Uh, you should get a notification for it. If you are subscribed, wink, wink, hint, hint, dirty smile. Um, but that being said, the one thing I do want to talk about here that is somewhat related to last week, not quite a recap, uh, but we did get a piece of news. The Nevada State Athletic Commission has officially ruled no foul, no illegal strike in the Jamie Pickett loss to Bo Nickel. A lot of people are crying. It was a dirty strike. It was, you know, a groin strike that led to the takedown. Bo Nickel himself went on aerial show and said it was not a fucking groin strike. He's been doing this long enough to know the difference between hitting a cup and hitting a leg, and he hit the thigh and Pickett tried to act it out. The Nevada State Athletic Commission has gone over every single possible video angle of that fight and ruled in conclusion there were no illegal strikes thrown. There was no foul committed. The appeal is set to be overturned or denied, however you want to look at it, if he does not withdraw it upon release of the newfound information, if that's what you want to call it. Um, this is one of those situations where, look, I'm not talking about the story to try and shit on Jamie Pickett. You know, I'm not here to kick a man when he's down. This is is literally, I just wanted to talk about this because it seemed fishy in the moment. The strike looked clean in the moment. We saw a bunch of slow motion replays during the broadcast. Those 
of us who are watching it or have seen the news coming out throughout the course of the week have generally seen a couple of different slow motion angles of it. By this point, it looked like a clean strike, a bone strike. I know the difference. He was acting and I can't be held accountable for what another man tries to get accounted for. You know, while he was playing to the referee, I was doing my job and winning the fight as he did. So, you know, it, it sucks that it had to come down this way, but, you know, the Athletic State Commission did finally rule that nothing dirty was done here. And I will say this is one of many rulings we did get from the Nevada State Athletic Commission this week, or statements, if you will. Uh, the other one we're not going to talk about because of commission rulings and whatnot. But uh, I am very happy with some of the things that have been coming out of the Nevada State Athletic Commission's office lately. Uh, it seems like they are willing to step up and really start to implement some of the fucking changes that we as fans have really been screaming for for a long time. And if it takes Nevada to get the ball fucking rolling, we've seen how that works. You know, Nevada started implementing new rules. The rest of the fucking hosts for big shows generally start to follow. So good on you. Nice to see it starting to play out right. Um, we did get some uh, tasty tidbits in terms of fight announcements this week for upcoming fights. The first one I want to mention here real quick, um, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, PFL does their quote unquote season and implements like a, a ordinary sports league would. Uh, their next event, the PFL three is going to be taking place April 14th in Las Vegas at the theater in uh, Virgin hotel, which is actually where this weekend's card is taking place. So it's interesting to see more sports coming in to take, you know, a night over there as opposed to always be in the UFC and Apex and always be in everybody else in T-Mobile Arena. So nice to see more options for him to go to Vegas. Um, but the card is going to be headlined by Shane Burgos versus Olivier Aubon Mercier, who won last year's million-dollar fucking belt in the lightweight division, stepping right up to get Shane Burgos, who it is obviously what a lot of people have their fucking eyes on coming up for, uh, you know, top contender to take this year's million in the lightweight division over there. So to see this fight so early in the fucking season as a potential preview of how, you know, the end of the road may play out, I think is going to be very cool. Not to mention, give Shane Burgos a chance to finally put some of that shine that everybody's been fucking wondering about to paper as it were get in the fucking ring and show him why he's such a fucking valuable asset why it was so dumb for the ufc to let him go i'm fucking here for it man i'm i'm generally not excited about pfl cards there's a couple fights on this card i'm not gonna lie i'm generally pretty fucking curious about and were we not going to be in preparation for ufc kansas city the next evening i would probably be more excited about it but uh Unfortunately for PFL3, UFC Kansas City is going to be taking priority that weekend. Uh, as we can now officially confirm, uh, the gentleman you see on the screen here will be in Kansas City for the UFC event to watch Arnold versus Holloway as the fucking main event. Tickets confirmed, hotels booked. We will fucking be there. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, as they say. So that will be super fucking stoked. I'm sure we will get crazy amounts of fucking lives and little videos from that shit when we get there. But we will talk more about that event as we get closer. Just wanted to... <laughs> You'll somebody say I'm a little bit, as it were. Um, 
But good on PFL for finally far- starting to uh, stack some interesting fucking cards together, as it were. Because this one, there's a couple that are really going to be fun to look at the highlights of afterwards. <laughs> um, that being said, though, um, May 5th is going to be the host for the Ryzen 42 card in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, individual m- matchups not quite as interesting in this one. Uh, mainly just overall name value on this card to draw the folks in, as it were, in names like John Dodson making his Ryzen debut, Spike Carlisle coming over to take on a fight, and Juan Archuleta stepping in to fight over in Japan. So there will be some interesting name matchups. I don't know that it being a Ryzen card and that all that it entails will say uh, will be necessarily that exciting or interesting, but uh, I'm sure it, they're going to make a hell of a show out of it. I'll put it that way. Wink smile. Um, that being said, UFC 288 going down the following day, May 6th, will now officially be taking place in Newark, New Jersey. Cool. Uh, Interesting that they're going to have it in Jersey, but it will be headlined by Aljomaine Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. Co-main evented by Charles Oliveira versus Benil Darius. So definitely an interesting potential card. How they ended up in Newark, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm sure it's going to be an interesting event once it's all said and done. Um, The June 3rd UFC event at location TBD to the surprise of no one. Uh, Just got an interesting fight added to it today. Uh, Misha Tate stepping back up into the bantamweight division to take on Myra Buena Silva coming straight off of a crazy fucking win. Uh, Apparently, Misha had decided after that not-so-successful rundown at 125 that she's going to get right back into 135 and give that another go. So they're going to give her Chitara as a welcome back present. So... Big oof, I think, would be an appropriate remark there. So we'll just see how that one plays out as we get a little bit closer to the summer. Um, That same evening, however, uh, June 3rd, over on the other side of the globe, over in Warsaw, KSW Coliseum 2 event is taking place and one world's strongest Polak Mario Pudanowski is stepping back in action to entertain the Coliseum crowds like only that giant crazy motherfucker can taking on famous boxer Artur Spilka most famously or most recently famously known for his title attempt against Deontay Wilder back in 2016 that went a very contestable fucking fight until the ninth round where Wilder landed one of those Wilder fucking shots and that was all she wrote so definitely you know an acclaimed and genuine fucking world-class boxer here stepping in to take on the world's strongest or former world's strongest man I'm I'm almost fight circus curious to see how the fuck this one's going to play out because it's definitely not going to be a boxing match it's not going to be a traditional mma match it's going to be some kind of bastardization in the middle but they're doing it in a fucking coliseum like the old roman gladiator days so 
that crowd's going to play a fucking factor. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's going to be fun. I think everybody should know about it, if nothing else. <laughs> uh, we got an interesting announcement, or I guess more of a, a press leak, so to speak, uh, this week in the form of Figgy Smalls. Davison Figueredo has officially announced he has confirmed his commitment to the bantamweight division. He is done with 125. He is going up to 135. And what he wants more than anything in the world for his first official fight as a bantamweight? Dominic Cruz. Generally, we don't spend a whole lot of time on this show talking about callouts, but this is one of those rare exceptions where we have had one of the most dominant champions in that 25-pound division in Figgy Smalls and in one of the most highly fucking touted great fucking rivalries with Moreno going back and forth, uh, now deciding to completely leave the division and go up and calling out a former champion in that division to make his debut – this is one of those few exceptions I think is worth taking note of because as of right now, Dominic Cruz has no fight booked and he is not listed as injured. So technically he is available to dance. And that, in my opinion, is a hell of a partner to tune a song. Uh, I would be very fucking happy to watch that no matter where they put that on any fucking card. So I think that's actually a very intelligent call out and it came directly from Figueredo, not via some third party or via translator like that was directly from Figgy Small. He wants Dominic Cruz respectfully. So I'm here for it, man. I, I hope we can make that happen. I think that would be a great fight for both of them and a great fight for the fans. I like it. I think that's an everybody wins situation, really. Good God, yes. <laughs> um so <laughs> we got of the official Ultimate Fighter season thirty-one cast listings. Uh, it will be Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler as coach, and it will be the bantamweight division and the lightweight division that they are looking for here. Bantamweights coming into the house will be. Hunter Azure, Timur Valiev, Brad Katona, Mando Gutierrez, Trevor Wells, Carlos Vera, Rico Disculia, and Cody Gibson. Lightweights coming in, Jason fucking Knight, Roosevelt Roberts, Kurt Holobile, Austin Hubbard, Nate Jennerman, excuse me, Nate Jennerman, Lee Hammond, Landon Quinones Stewart, and Aaron McKenzie. So there is some recognizable names if you've been paying attention coming into the ultimate fighter house so some of the rumors that we heard about fighters second chances definitely seem to be true here because some of those names are indeed former ufc or almost ufc fighters coming back into the ultimate fighter house so that is very fucking cool to see in my opinion and i'm definitely looking forward to see how this season plays out especially since we just had dana white confirm this weekend that there was in fact a quote-unquote unscheduled interruption in broadcasting or in uh filming rather in the season of ultimate fighter in where michael chandler and conor mcgregor went at each other and had to be uh, separated by actual security so 
I don't think it's going to be as good as Connor constantly digging at fucking Uriah, which was just UFC TV gold and cannot be fucking duplicated. But it sounds like the beef is fucking real and it might have boiled over a little bit in the house. And if nothing else, that's got me interested to fucking pay a little bit of attention to this season when it starts playing out. That's going to lead to some great fucking airtime and clips, especially leading up to when they actually fight. Yeah. Yeah. Considering that they already said that they're not going to fight directly at the end of the show, they're probably going to fight sometime after that. That gives them a lot of time to cut a beautiful promo out of that footage that we know now that they already have. So, well, you know, all, all the shit that we saw in the last couple of weeks where they were all both talking very nice about each other and all that shit. I knew that was going to end because, look, anybody who's watched Connor long enough knows goddamn good and well that man will do everything to sell a great fight. He's been doing it since the day he stepped foot into the UFC, and he will continue to do it until the day he lets himself out. And I say he lets himself out because they're not going to have any fucking say in it. But he's he's just selling that fight before it even gets there because, you know, he wants to give Michael Chandler his red panty night and fucking move on. No, Dana, Dana had already even mentioned uh, when he was talking about the incident that happened that he did in fact confirm that one of Connor's stipulations to coming back to do the coaching as this season was that two of his guys got put into the house. No questions asked, no bullshit, not fighting for contention. Like two of his dudes got put in the house and Dana said no questions asked. Fuck yeah, two of your guys are getting in. We'll compensate the two dudes that didn't make it in because of those two dudes. They're totally fucking cool that we made sure everybody signed off on it and we move the fucking show right along because that's the kind of attention that Conor McGregor will bring to the show. It will absolutely make itself worth doing that small little thing to get him on board. I 100% agree. Conor McGregor earns the money that he gets from the UFC every fucking bit of it because he is his own promotion machine and anything his name gets attached to gets fucking attention good bad or otherwise and the second that they confirmed he was in on this the spotlight started fucking focusing in and now that we've got a little backstage controversy confirmed the media outlets are already starting to salivate and just get the fucking giblets loaded up and ready to fucking go with the potential fucking story coming down. So I'm I'm very curious to see how this one's going to play out, and I, I am here for it. Um, the last story that I've got, uh, next to the last one I've got here real quick. Um, if you don't know, uh, I did mention it briefly before, but I do want to take just a second to mention it again here. Uh, YouTube previously did not grant this ability, but has now confirmed, yes, granted this ability to smaller channels like ours. We now have access to the community tab here on YouTube.com slash I'm no Joe. And on that community tab, there is a live poll or should be a live poll if the damn thing went up like it was scheduled to, um, to ask what you folks think in the audio section of this podcast that we generally put up on anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe shameless plug wink smile. Um, Anchor has now officially been completely absorbed by Spotify. Now that changes nothing in terms of the broadcasting of the audio version of this podcast that comes out a week after the airtime at 9 30 PM central standard wink smile. But 
what that does now give us is the opportunity for me to be one of the largest hypocrites on my own show ever possible because I unabashedly and very loudly lambasted and continue to lambast Joe Rogan for making the video portion of the JRE exclusively only available on Spotify when it literally for the better part of a decade and the entire building of its foundation was free and live or at least published on YouTube. That being said, the video portion of this on YouTube will have zero change whatsoever. But we now, thanks to the absorption of Spotify and Anchor, have the option to now put the video portion that goes up on YouTube as well over as the video portion on Spotify that normally does get broadcasted by Anchor in audio form. So the poll either is up or I will make sure after the show is over gets fucking posted because the scheduling thing is weird on this community tab. Uh, give us your feedback. This show is absolutely partially funded or run in part by the opinions and the thoughts of the people who watch it. We do this live so that people can see it and maybe get a little entertainment out of it. So give us your thoughts. Should we put the video portion of this podcast up after the fact on Spotify as well as the live version that goes up on YouTube or fuck them. Spotify gets audio only like they always have. I'm willing to go either way. I'm willing to be a hypocrite. If that's what the people are asking for, Hey, I'll put that fucking shoe in my mouth and bend over and shut the fuck up. But my thinking is that the folks are probably in the same camp as me. And if they're using Spotify to listen to this, it's because they're using it to listen to this. If they wanted to watch it, they probably know by listening to it on Spotify that they could have gone over to youtube.com slash I'm no Joe wink to watch the video version. So that being said, feedback is absolutely welcome and encouraged folks. Please give us your thoughts. Uh, that being said, the final, final news piece. Uh, unfortunately, this week is sadly the same as it has been most weeks and unfortunately will continue to be, I anticipate, for a while now. Uh, unfortunately, another week has gone by where Dana White still has faced absolutely zero repercussions for openly smacking his fucking wife on New Year's down in Mexico and while it might get a little old to hear it's also old to have to fucking think about that that guy who has personally lambasted others for doing that exact thing has somehow managed to weasel his fucking way out of a single bit of accountability for those actions so until something happens about it unfortunately that will be uh, one of the last pieces of our news for every evening um that being said, do either one of you gentlemen have anything that I might have missed? No, did I think of offhand? Yeah, I had two little fights. So, Cron Gracie, after a three-year layoff, coming back to face Charles Jordan. It's a hell of a fucking fight. Yeah, it is. And then, even if he lost, Charles Johnson is going to be getting back in there against Cody Durden at the end of April. You got to fucking love Charles Johnson if you're a fucking Missouri you know, fan. Right. You know, this dude, local guy, and he's getting in there, what, every fucking month? Sure fucking seems like it, doesn't it? Whether he fucking wins or loses, so. 
Yeah, no, definitely, definitely cool to see Johnson getting back in there. Uh, I think him and Dirk will actually make a pretty balanced matchup, really. Uh oh. Who's the scared of the big bad boogeyman? Look at this. A rare appearance by the clown puncher himself. What's everybody doing today? How goes it, sir? Uh, you know, it's a Oh, good day, Mr. Goldstein. Last time I saw you, I saw the area. <laughs> Well, you know. Where's old? Oh. Where's old uh, Mr. Vinny <laughs> She's not around? I don't think he's over there tonight. No, I don't think he's over there tonight. No, he's, he's asleep like an old man. I need you to wake him, bake him, shake him, quake him. Next week, 286, I'm going to wreck him in the pit. <laughs> Give me his address. I'll mail the invitation. <laughs> there you go, boys and girls. We have got an official call out for next week's episode of The Pit. The Clown Puncher is calling out Vin Dog the Booty Hog. Uh, it seems like the avocado may not be available and the Clown Puncher is jumping on the opportunity to get in the pit with Vinny here. So I will make sure that we get word passed along to him for you, sir. The avocado got turned into guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> you all have a good night now. Love you. <laughs> oh my goodness sometimes th these things just happen apparently the avocado got guacked and the clown puncher is stepping up to call out Vinny for next week's the pit so I will anxiously await the uh, the confirmation. Hopefully, you folks get to see a hell of a show next week as well for that UFC London card. Um, <laughs> I fucked my head up for a second. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that being said, uh, that'll bring us to the point in the show where uh, us old folks got to stop laughing at clown punchers and start paying attention to the goddamn future here. Uh, if you've been watching fights as long as some of us has, you tend to get a little set in your ways. Unfortunately, when you do that, you can lose track of what's coming up for you, forced through the trees analogies and all that wink smile. Uh, that being said, uh, luckily, we ourselves have us a young person in our midst to help us keep track of the new up and coming talent that we should keep an eye on before it's already too late to become a fan when they're already in championship fights in a segment that we like to call slows, cans and contenders, if you would, sir. All right. So we just got a few each side this week. We'll start out with the cans. Started off with Josh Framed. 
I mean, I, the guy's face, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like, and I lost some respect for myself once I found out the dude's been charged and arrested for some domestic violence, right? When you're beating on women, I can't fucking support him the same way. Cedricus Dumas is a decent fighter. We'll see what he does with his debut. Six finishes of his seven wins, seven and oh. I damn sure you're gonna think. I think he's gonna beat the shit out of Josh Freeman. 0-2 of the UFC lost Anthony Hernandez and Treshawn Gore in his last fight. I don't think Freeman's got anything. He's definitely a can. They're making it easy on Dumas. Um, not gonna root for Dumas the same way, but we'll see how he goes. Right? Uh, you got Alexander Romanov throwing him in the can side this week. had him in the contenders aspect just after, you know, before his last fight, but then losing to Marcin Tibera like he did. He looked okay in the first round, just completely gassed himself out and showed that he's just not very good on the feet. And you're a fucking heavyweight. You, you've at least got to be able to contend a little bit on the feet. And this matchup, he's going to look bad. If he's, if he's anything like that last fight, Volkov's going to make him look bad. So it's just you're showing you're more of a can than anything. We know he a lot of his finishes came against like not so great competition. So I'm throwing Romanov in the fucking can category, mainly just because you gotta have some cardio too. He just he looked so bad in the last fight, immediately sends you down the tubes. And I got Tony Gravely in there. I kind of want to throw the whole fight in there, but I like Victor Henry a little bit. I know he's going to beat the holy living hell out of Gravely, so he's not going to look as much as he can. So we're just mainly focusing on Gravely here. I don't see Gravely having any chance in hell. He's not been a very good fighter throughout his whole career, let alone his tenure in the UFC. And I just... Mm. Uh, that'll round it off. Just see people getting their asses beat, you know, gassing out. This this is exactly what goes in the can category. You just shouldn't be in the UFC. You shouldn't really be fighting. You can love martial arts, but it doesn't mean you have to participate in the actual combat sense. There's a lot of other ways you can go about it. You can be a referee or a judge. We all know how much we need some of those. Uh, <laughs> So contender side of things, I'll start out with Cedric is Dumas. I'm putting him in the contender side of things because of the six finishes out of the seven wins and he's undefeated. The, the kid's a good old-fashioned street fighter. Jorge Masvidal brought him up through his icon FC, you know, kind of found him off the street. Similar situation. Obviously, you know, you're beating your girlfriend, shit like that. Dude's a real thug, you know, a real gangster. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. If he has a good debut, you know, it's just a can and Josh Frim. You give yourself a little challenge. Let's see what you're really working with. But we'll throw him in the contender spot for now because it doesn't matter how I feel about him personally. You got to respect the the aspect that uh, you're in the same boat as like a Cameron Saman. You know, undefeated. You've had more than a handful of fights professionally. Most of them come to finish. Let's just see if he's a cheater. You know, yeah, we'll just how it goes. Then I got Victor Petrino, another contender I'm looking for this week. This one I'm actually excited about. This is the same exact situation. This kid's seven and out six finishes on seven wins. But this kid's 25 years old, a couple years younger than Cedricus Dennis. And I feel like he's got just more knockout power. This kid's fun to watch. He's got good striking. He's got some power. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this one. 
trying to look at my notes real quick. Who's he fighting? Who's he fighting? Who's he fighting? Oh, yeah, Antoine Turkhalsh. I would have had him in the contender. I just couldn't remember the fucking name. I'm always bad with the pronunciations. But that guy's 8-1. He's more of the grappler. So it's like striker versus grappler matchup. I, I think the striker's going to win in this one. He, he's got the youth. and he's, this, I just feel like the power is going to show through. I don't know how good Tarkov's grappling is going to be. So look out for Petrino. I got Saeed Nurmagomedov. It's hard for me to not ever go for the Nurmagomedovs, but I think Saeed's actually got some ability, uh, and especially if he looks good in this fight against Jonathan Martinez, when in his past four fights, looking pretty damn good himself as of late. You're going to look look good. You know, you're knocking on the door a little bit. You know, that's a deep fucking division that Saeed's in at Bantamweight, so it's going to be tough, but you're getting closer to cracking into the rankings, in my opinion. And Ryan Span. I mean, oh, I fucking I had this on a couple weeks ago. He was supposed to be main event. Throw him on again and just throw some some light on Rod. We just naturally have to say you're a contender, even though he's not really a young guy. He's been wishy washy. Won his past two first round finishes. Looked pretty good. Does the same thing this weekend. We're gonna we're gonna be excited to see what's next for Stan. So, as I like to finish off here lately, I'll pass it off to you guys. If you have a can or contender from this weekend that you would like to share, please do so now. I got a can right out the get go, and for some odd reason he's still fucking right. Tyson, man, I. There's something about him that just tells me can all fucking day. But he's lucked his way into a fucking a number somehow. Um, I mean, Bruno Silva's time to get a number behind his name. Yeah, definitely can there. And then, far as a contender, it's fucking. That's a, not one I like to call on these because. I guess we could go the, the route of this. We could go Hawkeye Sunshine contender because the motherfucker, he's been there before, but the training wheels have fallen the fuck off as of late. But he could get it back on, on point with a little win over David Grant. But then again, you did get one hit quit by fucking Cardi Garbrandt. So, I mean, there is that. Maybe, maybe, maybe not so much a contender. Maybe just a splash in the bucket. I mean, there was that one point where he looked like he could do damage in that division. Even that's gone by the fucking wayside. Um, I think uh, they might want to keep an eye on Mario Batista, though. He, he very well could have some highlights moving forward. He looking solid, and um, well, I'll get to him in my segment because there's there's some wildness with that. Yeah, Vinny likes Mario Batista. <laughs> All right, so what about you, Meager? So I've got a can and a contender. Uh, controversial, I'm going to say, on both, I bet, here. Uh, so for my can, I am actually going with Saeed Nurmagomedov. And I'll tell you why. Because he's the only Nurmagomedov actively fighting in any combat sport organization right now not related 
to Khabib or anyone in that camp. They literally only share namesake, have zero relation whatsoever. They also share zero cross-skill compatibility. Saeed Nurmagomedov does not live up to that namesake. I am highly anticipating him getting his ass handed to him this weekend. Now, on the other side of things, though, my contender... I don't understand how somehow I'm the one that's screaming he's a contender and not Scott Coker. Big Swarm himself, LDV, Linton Vassal, the man that literally Ryan Bader called out for the championship fight before all this Fedor rigmarole came up and then the retirement tour and all this fucking bullshit came into play over in Bellator. LDV was the man with the plan to take that fucking belt away from that clown and then Fedor fucked it all up. Now we see how that ended. Big waste of fucking time for everybody. LDV, baby, coming through, taking out Maldovsky this weekend, showing why Big Swarm's coming for the fucking belt. That's my contender. If I was going to give a contender from Bellator, it's got to be Usman. I I would say that if they had him fighting anybody but Benson. Yeah, if he was fighting anybody other than Benson, I would definitely say Usman would be a contender, but this is almost like just a sparring round for him. He's going to make light work of this, I'm betting. That's it for me on this one this week. Right on. Much appreciated, sir. Thank you very much for that. So that being said, uh, that will bring us to the other segment of the show here that does, in fact, require its own individual disclaimer. Tapology.com does not in any way, shape, or form support, endorse, or sponsor the I'm No Joe podcast. Yet. That being said, what they do is offer a service that you can go to, make a free account, and make picks on fights just like we do here on the show. They even let you make groups of friends that make picks against each other. We created just such a group. We call it I'm No Bookie, all one word, or Group 965. However you need to search it, the group is open to the public. You are more than welcome. Come to Tapology, make yourself a free account, join the group, and make your picks head-to-head against us. We watch them live. Sometimes we even do a little broadcast here with a little slideshow, giving the fucking updates live. And then the best and the worst we get to talk about in a little segment that we call Tapology with TJ. Take it away, sir. Well, 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 well. We are back after a big fucking weekend. Big but wild with um, some craziness in fights and the way things played out. So know that when you join our group over on Tapology, strange shit happens. Fights don't always go as everyone would think. In the case of watching fucking the co-main event, what a wild finish that was to, to see such a long-time winning champ lose their belt, which did factor into some of the way a bunch of actually most of the way most of us had um picked our fights that week. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Last week was a fucking uh for lack of better times, it was a bit of a crapshoot when it came to the way that those fights played out. In but so we'll kick it right into this. So UFC 285 Jones versus Cyril Gone. Um 
I'm going to start by saying everyone that was in our group picked over 500, which is fucking fantastic. Because, look, that's that's a hard thing to fucking do from top to bottom. It doesn't matter um, any week that we're doing this. Trying to get over 500 is a rough go. I think that's uh, two weeks in a row we had everybody go at least 500 or better. Yeah, and what yeah, I would say because of that, I did good enough. I don't want to hear trip over the dick. Maybe it's sitting on the balls. <laughs> Maybe I sat on my yeah, balls. If I got I got eight of them right, you know, and like Valentino was that was a big one, right? It, like, all right, all right. You know what? Since we're starting at the bottom with the trip over your dick, over, <laughs> that's what this sit is. Sit on your balls. Oh, so I said everybody is enjoying the trip over your dick gift that rolls out here to let everybody know that Christian called himself. Oh, I didn't even have to do it this week. He tripped over that shit so goddamn bad that he had to call himself up to save face. Nice <laughs> man. Hey, no, I'm just saying, man. It's you know, not it's as not bad that as most. I don't bad. feel bad about it at all because we were so close on so many fights. Look. Like Derek Brunson actually looked good. My dumb ass, I think, went for him. I fucking went for Jalen Turner. That fight was close. And then I fucking obviously, you know, was wrong with Valentina. Oh. So a couple things swings my way. It's a whole different situation. Look. We all did good, at so I'm happy with it. You can be happy with tripping over your dick. It's fine. This is your points, not about your picks. Your points were fucking terrible because you didn't get very many perfects. You didn't get very many semi-perfects. You had a fucking rough week. Whether your picks were right or not, it was still a rough week. You, you got to hey. deal with the bad there. And I'm not saying you did fucking terrible because you did not. You had a 14, so you were north of 500, which that's half the fucking battle here because your guy next in line there, Meter, Eight picks as well, but you know I got him that extra perfect. You got to perfect your picks up a little bit, man. That that was the determination. That, that was another thing that kept me in a lot of the fights. You know, I had Shavkat getting a technical knockout or knockout, and he goes and gets a submission. Right. You know, it, was, it was one of those weeks. You can't predict fuckery sometimes. Oh, here's some fuckery. Uh, there's some fuckery for this. Just because I have to point this out. We got a new member to the group last week who decided to make picks, which I fucking absolutely love. It was Don's wife, Donna. And holy shit, she gave me a run for my fucking money. And by that, I mean I took top spot, but I had to fucking earn that shit last week. Bad. Your ass the whole the time. The whole fucking way. It wasn't until... I think it wasn't until like the last two fights where I really was able to pull ahead of her. Okay. Actually, no, the last three, because the Shevchenko fight fucked me. I could have got more points out of that, but she obviously picked Shevchenko for that as well. But she gave me a run for my money, and hats off to her. Fucking fantastic job, first week in the group. And, oh, by the way, has all the bragging rights all over her husband all week long because she drug him through the fucking mud. I'm just saying. Well done. Well done. Well done. Absolutely. So, um, that rounds out what we've got going on this week. Um, I'll try to defend the belt this weekend. Don't know if that's possible with the way fuckery plays foot here, but you know, 
stranger things have happened, but I did want to mention just as a, a tip of the cap to you, Christian, feel a little bit better about yourself. I had 11 of 14 correct. You're only three picks behind me, technically, so not bad. But where I made my money this week, I called four decisions correctly, two perfects, and three, or excuse me, let me get back to my four decisions, two perfects, and one semi-perfect. So all those extra points, that's what fucking blasted my score way up. Get on my game, son. Luckily, there's a bunch of youngins in fucking contender fights. You know? I know, that's going to fuck me this week. Yeah, I'll be a little bit better off this week. Yeah, it's more in my fucking... The hangovers are in my realm just because I dick around and watch the contender series and the ultimate fighter. <laughs> oh, I know. That's where I struggle the most. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that'll bring us into uh, this week's uh, fuckery um, for UFC Fight Night. 221, I think. Um, Gone versus Murab, which I'm fucking excited about. As I was saying earlier, this is the one fight on the card that I've been waiting for the matchup to come along because this says fireworks all over it. Now, the downside to that, I'm going to start with them. The odds aren't that fucking wild for those two. They've got Jan uh, as a slight favorite and a minus 275 over Murab being a plus 210 underdog. Pretty close to a coin flip. Not quite, but close enough. I mean, to be honest, Steph, I could go either fucking way. Um, but then um, the rest of the card, for the most part, is pretty similar, um, where there's not much for margin. So... Um, same, that goes right down the list with the Romanov Volkov fight, um, Krylov and Span, uh, Nurmagomedov and fucking Martinez. Um, you have a little bit of a craziness in uh, Lingo and Ramos. They've got Ricardo Ramos as a minus 350 uh, favorite and Lingo as a plus 260 underdog. So that's a little bit wider in the odds. Then um, Petrina and Tukolj or Turkolj, however the fuck you say that fucking name. Um, that's another even split. Uh, Williams and Brzezecki, uh, another pretty close to even. Uh, minus two fifty for Williams, a uh, plus two hundred for Brzezecki. Um, then you got uh, Dumas and Fremd, another one of those basic coin flips. Uh, this the next one since I'm going straight down the list here. Widest margin on the fucking card. Mario Batista and Guido Canetti. They have Batista as a minus 1100 favorite and Canetti as a plus 650. They're seeing some crazy shit there. Just saying, if you're looking to make money on a long shot, that's your fucking bet on this card. Bet on Guido. If he wins, you're making some bag. You throw down a bill, that's an easy 1100 bucks if he wins. And that's not even calling around or knockout or anything like that. That's just a straight bet. So, um, there's your widest start out on the card. Everything else, pretty goddamn coin flip-ish the rest of the way down. Um, David Grant, Rafael Sunshow, um, coin flip. Um, the Ariana Lipsky and J.J. Aldrich. 
That one's got a little bit wider odds. They've got Aldridge as a minus 350 favorite, and Lipsky is a plus 260 underdog. But then the last two there that I didn't mention, Gravely and Henry, coin flip. Um, uh, is it fucking Bruno Gustavo da Silva and Tyson Nam? Basically, coin flip. So uh, you really only got a few if you're looking to make money on odds this week. But um, at least there's one fucking craziness on there to take that risk on. Shit. Even if you bet 10 bucks, that's an easy 110 if fucking Guido wins. So you don't have to bet a lot to make some decent money. You just got to get really fucking lucky according to the odds. But then again, this is MMA. And we talked about the odds um, last week with Shevchenko. And, well, there are some people that got fucking paid. There are some people that got fucking paid for that. Guaranteed. And we just got to see who's making those bets when shit like that happens. Because then we can kind of figure out why those fights went that way. <laughs> Not gonna mention names. Fuck that Canadian guy. <clears throat> yeah. Um, don't forget, join the I'm No Bookie group. It's gonna be a good time. And get in here, talk some shit. And like I said, if you let us know who you are, or if you leave a name similar to like something you leave in chats, we'll be able to rank in here with everybody else, talk some shit about you or to you. Um, depending on how things uh play out, and if you join the group and have some fun with us, look, it's all in fun. None of this is serious. We're not in here pl- playing this for money. This is just for shit talking fuckery. And why not? Everybody needs a little bit of that in their life. I'm just saying, go to tapology.com/group/slash-nine-six-five. That'll bring you right to the page. You just click join, and one of us will let you in. Absolutely. Open to the public. You're all more than welcome to come talk some shit. Put your picks head to head against ours. I'm not saying that we're the best in the world, but we're pretty goddamn good. And I'll put my fucking numbers up against anybody else's numbers. And I stand pretty fucking tall most weeks, damn it. That being said, uh, this weekend is unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, another uh, hangover weekend, as we like to call it. We are caught between two pay-per-views, as we so often are. And while we do technically have a a UFC fight night at the theater hotel or the theater room in the Virgin Hotel, I think it's what they're calling it now, uh, there are actually several fights going on this weekend. Uh, If you are one of those fucking lunatics who wakes up with the sun... Uh, at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow morning, one fights, uh, excuse me, one FC Friday fights number eight takes place. A mostly uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing card. Some interesting matchups on it, but again, it starts at 7.30 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. So like nine fucking hours from right now. So good luck. Um that being said, if you're a normal MMA fan like most of us, uh, tomorrow evening at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Bellator 292 will kick off. Nurmagomedov versus Henderson. Umar defending that belt against Benson on what 
pretty much everyone has agreed is likely his last shot at any sort of title contention in any organization in professional fighting and potentially his last fight overall as a professional if he gets beat bad he will likely leave those gloves in the center of the octagon understandably so um but again we got Big Swarm taking on Moldovsky in the People's Co-Main event over there. MVP versus Guilty Yamauchi on there. An interesting, not sure why they made it, but interesting matchup. Enrique Barzola, the little fucking Tasmanian devil that he's been since he's gotten out of the fucking UFC is on there. There's some interesting fights on that card as well. But then we get to uh, what we generally would call the meat and potatoes of our weekend here. The UFC fight night Vegas, not in the apex. Um Jan versus Valashvili. Uh, so, again, this is one of those weekends slash cards that I, I can't in good conscience make anybody defend their, their pit rankings again. So I just want to kind of throw a couple back and forth here with you gentlemen to, to kind of roll out the end of the episode here as we would normally be taking on a pit challenge here. In this situation, we, we're kind of having to cherry pick, as it were. So uh, we'll we'll kind of run it like we normally would a pit. So every weekend, there's one fight that just doesn't get a fucking spotlight. So what what fights are you gentlemen thinking are flying under the radar that folks need to be looking for over this smorgasbord of kicky punchy we have got to look forward to in this weekend? For me... There's one I'm really looking forward to that I know a lot of people aren't talking about. Both guys are a little bit older in their careers. Maybe that's why they're not talking about them too much. Rafael Sunset versus Davy Grant. I feel like it's going to be an absolute war, an absolute slobber knocker. Even if Cody Garbrandt put a Sunset out in the recent past, I still feel like a Sunset has a hell of a lot of ability himself. And Davy Grant's always been a tough son of a bitch. With a real fucking good chin. Loves to go out there and swing. Uh, I haven't heard many people talking about it at all, unless they like Davy Grant. So, this is that under the radar kind of fight for me, anyway. It's the one I'm looking forward to the most out of the prelims. I could definitely see that. I agree. And I, I, as, as weird as it is to say, even though Cody did knock him out, that. That was one of those like ESPN highlight real perfect fucking setups. A very meatball Molly elbow esque kind of like everything aligned up just you let him fucking rope and killed him. And yeah, and and Cody really did let all the fucking cards fall perfectly into place to let that one happen. And I it, as weird as it is, I don't think Cody knocking him out is the worst thing that could have happened to him. Because it made him. No, it was step. the next fight when he got knocked out by fucking Ricky Simone. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It wasn't. It wasn't so much Cody. It was when Ricky handed him his ass. It really put a hurting on him. But uh, still, uh, against he Tony, come I back think from though. He's got a W after that. So yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think even though they are old dogs, I, I think it could still be a fun. Fight. I kind of want to lean towards that one as well, but um. We're not here to um double pick on this, being as this isn't a pit episode. So we're gonna we're gonna pick something else here. Um, to be honest, I think the Victor Henry and Tony Gravely fight will actually be pretty exciting, contrary to everyone's belief. Namely, because 
I look at it this way. Sometimes you put in two mediocre at best fighters and they produce some of the greatest fights you'll see because they're fighting another mediocre fighter. Sometimes you get some fucking gems out of shit like that. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it should be on some people's radar. Um, Henry's last loss was to the aforementioned Rafael Sancho. So it's not like he was far off from um, beating a guy with a name who's been around for a while. Oh, um, Gravely, on the other hand, he's been kind of a fucking hot, cold fighter. Um, so you may see something decent out of him. He may shit the bed. Um, but um, he's coming off of a fucking loss. So I think uh, both of them got something to prove here. So it could turn out to be something a little bit interesting here. Not to mention, um, Gravely does have the capability of knocking people out. We've seen it. This is very true. Um, I think I've got to go a little bit different direction here as well. Um, and I'm not even going to lie. It's, it's full-on fucking pettiness, and I don't give a shit. I'll be full-on open about it. Um, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann. Uh, Ryan Spann has genuinely been changing my opinion about him recently. And then I went to go tag him in the post for this, and he doesn't let you tag him. So fuck you now. I hope Nikita Krylov knocks him out. I hope everybody watches it. <laughs> you petty bitch. I love it. <laughs> but no, I'm that fight is still exciting, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm upfront about it. Like, I think it's still going to be a fun fight, but fuck you now. I hope Nikita gets it. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird to say that because he's been on a fucking absolute tear since that fucking lost uh since that submission lost to Lionheart, but yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm kind of bummed that um they're not giving it the shine that it deserved as it was just a main event on a previous card that unfortunately shit happens. People get sick sometimes, um, so but now they've just kind of swept it under the rug and be like, oh well, fuck you guys. Which is yeah, no, it's literally just tucked away in a fucking card and forgotten about, essentially. Yeah, bullshit. Weirdness, but, you know, as they say, UFC is going to UFC. <laughs> so, flip that back around, though. Uh, every weekend, there is always one fight that everybody will not shut the fuck up about, and it's just for no goddamn reason. Uh, I, I think there's probably a couple that we could all point to real easily here, but I'm curious which one for you gentlemen is the overhyped fight over the weekend, the one that everybody just won't stop fucking talking about, but it's going to suck. Oh, I'm going to take that. Alexander Volkov and Alexander Romanov. Uh, to be honest, I've seen more on that fight than I want to see. Um, you have a what I will call a flailing Volkov and a flailing Romanov. Um, going in there to possibly end in a walrus slap fight. Because, uh, to be honest, Volkov has been on a downward fucking spiral for a while. And Romanov, he can barely pull the sheets off to get out of bed. So, I'm just saying, it's not looking like a good co-main event. To be honest, I really wish they would rearrange this a little bit and put Krylov and Span as the co-main event, and then this card will make way more sense to me. <laughs> so for me 
I'm just going to go with the Cedricus Dumas fight. Mainly because he's been overhyped himself. Tons of people have been talking about Dumas. And um, we go back to the beginning of the year. Just Dana White himself and how he's talked about how he would deal with fucking domestic violence situations and slaps the fuck out of his own wife. And there's no repercussions for him. And then here we go. We got a new up and comer that we gave a contract to off the contender series. And then it comes out that he has been arrested for domestic violence as well. And you still keep him going out there. It just bothers me. You know, like you pretty much mentioned every podcast for fucking the entire year. Dude. That's Dude. kind of the what the fuck fight. Josh Frims and on two guys shouldn't be in the UFC. And then honestly, whether Dumas is a good fighter or not, and I want to see him do well as a fighter, he's a shit guy and he shouldn't be in the UFC from what Dana White said, right? Just like he shouldn't be the president anymore. Because there's no coming back from it, right? But, right. Yeah, that, that, dude, that dude does like to keep shit bags like that in the UFC, though. Just saying. So that way he doesn't weed feel so, so bad about his own fucking wife and children. Feelings. Right. I really, I really love that meme. Somebody should yeah. give Dana a doobie. Shit, right. <laughs> I so I, I I definitely agree on on There's both it. fronts here. Um, also, uh, I do have to say, uh, in honor of International Women's Day this week, wink, smile. Uh, I'm gonna say my overhyped fight of the week is Ariane Lipsky versus JJ Aldrich. Um. Ariane Lipsky, as much as I openly have been screaming for her to fucking get the push to get the push, has really kind of shit the bed every time they've given her the push. And J.J. Aldrich just showed up with an undeserved, undue amount of fucking hype behind her that has fallen short every time she's gotten an opportunity put in front of her as well. And yet, for some reason, now they're trying to push this fight as, quote-unquote, potential future contenders fight for the division when neither one of them are even fucking ranked. Like, I get it, there has to be, or it doesn't have to be, but there should be at least a ladies fight on every card, and this is the uh, ladies fight on this card, but fuck, man. <laughs> Not good. I don't expect it to be very good. And I look, like I said, I'm fucking vocally a big fucking Ariane Lipsky fan. I have been for a hot fucking minute, but man, I'm also honest, no matter if it's fucking fun or not. And it, sometimes being a Lipsky fan is not fun. <laughs> so that being said, we will flip that over much as it might not be what everyone wants. Uh, Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov is indeed our co-main event. So instead of asking you gentlemen how you think it's going to go, because I think we all pretty much know how this one's going to go, what I'm going to ask 
is whether you think we go over or under a decision walrus slap fight. Does one of these walruses pack the power to slap the other one to stop it? Or are they just going to knock it off for the whole 15? And then we're going to see two fucking out of breath, out of weight fucking dudes getting disappointed when one of them gets their hand raised at the end. Go ahead, Christian. I, I see you chomping at the bit. <laughs> no, I don't have much to say. And this is the second, obviously. I feel like this is going to be the over. This is uh, going to go all three rounds. It's going to be a drag. I feel like both heavyweight fights on the card are going to be the Carl Williams and Lukas Brzecki fight. It's going to be two awful walrus slap fights. It's one of those situations where, like we get to saying, you know, go beat off, you know, go smoke a doob, do something else right. other than watch this fight. Even Anything if Volkov else. somehow goes out there and looks good, looks sharp, even if he gets a finish, I just don't care much. That's the best case scenario. Yeah, I, I'm in that same one thought is this fight isn't in my opinion will end up as a walrus slap fight. Um the only I can't even say notable win for Volkov as of late was Rosenstrike. But it the only reason it's notable is because he managed to knock him out. He got yeah, because he had to stop him. Yeah. But the rest of his fights he's looked like shit. He got Submitted by fucking Aspinall. Um, he barely got past Tybura in a fucking slow fucking fight. Right. Gone wrecked him for fucking three rounds. I mean, it, the, the, excuse me, that was five rounds. That was a main event with those two. But it, it just goes to show that he's falling off. And where I respect where Volkov had been at one point in the division, because he did look like he had a legitimate chance at some point of being a title holder. That fucking thought has long since left. That train left the fucking station years ago. Oh, on the other side of this, you got a Romanov who they have tried to push now because he he was on a good streak. I'll say that it was a good streak. The names that they were giving him, though, were all cans. Right. Then he finally gets um a decent but still relative can in Marcin Tybura and goes to decision looking like absolute shit. He's not ready for the big boy leagues. And as much as I fucking hate to say it, Volkov is big boy leagues. Albeit a um, a waning big boy at this point, because he's definitely on his way out. As much as I hate to say that, because you hate to see a guy who was really good at one point take that slow demise. Whereas I don't think we're going to see that out of Romanov, because he's not going to get that good. He's going to take that quick demise, and unfortunately, I think Volkov might be the guy to hand it to him. Even though I think this is going to end in a long slap fight. We could see Volkov get back-to-back -back KOs here, and then, oh my god, Volkov's so great again. Not really. 
Hopefully not. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Even even if Volkov fucking just bangs one out of the fucking park and somehow cleans his clock, I, I still think at this point it's too little, too late. It's just saving what's left of his potential legacy. I still don't think it's enough to get him enough of an actual push to try and make a run and do anything with it. But we'll see. We will see. Hopefully. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that being said, that'll bring us to the marquee battle of the weekend. Piotr Jan versus Balashvili. In the main event, five rounds. Now, to be fair, both of these gentlemen potentially very dangerous, very capable in their own wheelhouse. So my question for you, gentlemen, is Piotr Jan going to put his hands to work or is Marab going to wet blanket his way to another disappointing victory for him? You know, that's where it gets weird because we know the kind of fucking absolute drive that Marab has when it comes to fucking grappling. And it's fucking gnarly. Um, that being said, that he doesn't do something in the next um, 24 hours, like dive into a frozen lake and blast his fucking head open again. But um, to do... Marab is... If he was the epitome of all Georgians, so uh, talking about people coming from the country of Georgia, not the state... If you live here in the States, you probably misinterpreted that because, you know, unfortunately, that's how that works. But no, um, if he was the bar set for everyone that came from Georgia, I would think they were all batshit fucking crazy and ruthless as fuck. I know that's not the case, but man, he's got one hell of a drive. But then you've got Piyan, who, for some odd reason, he has not looked like himself since fucking, well... Since throwing the illegal knee. That's all I can call it at this point. As much as I would like to sugarcoat it, he seems to, that seems to have shaken the fucking foundation for which his fucking run was built on. And things are getting a little wishy washy when you get beat by fucking piece of shit clowns. There's something to be said about that. So, as much as I want to pull Freon, and let him get back up there to the top. I think this finally might be Marab's time to shine. To get in there and fucking do some work. Um, don't get me wrong. John's dangerous on the fucking feet. But I don't think he's as dangerous on the feet as Marab is on the ground. And that's where I think it's going to come down to. Is I think we're going to see Marab get in there. Get yelled at from across the fucking octagon by Sarah. Fucking Marab. I have a feeling we're going to see this end up going all five five rounds, maybe four if Marab can somehow manage to pull off fucking submission in the fourth. But I think it'll go five and he's going to wet blanket. Russell fuck the shit out of Patreon. For me, I would like to see Marab win just because I like Marab better. And I hate Russians. 
I mean, obviously I'm American. This is just you know, like my Rob said, I'm along with them. It's personal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Peter Jan's damn good on the feet, man. In, in all honesty, he probably should have won that fight against Sean O'Malley. And judges probably fucked him, right? So that was only a three-round fight, too. This is going to go five. And that's normally the kind of fight that Peter Jan likes to fucking have. He's also got an amazing takedown defense. You would think about the last fight as well. You know what? Jose Aldo, like a 91% takedown defense rate. You know, Rob, 0 for 16 on the takedowns in that fight. And he looked awful. It was a horrible way for Jose Aldo to go. He ruined Jose's fucking retirement. It should have been Jose winning that fight, going and getting the fight against Aljamain Sterling and winning back the belt before him retiring. I love Marab, but that's still, that bites. I just don't see it because of the way that he fights. Only four finishes in his career out of his 19 pro fights. I don't see him finishing Peter Jan with the five rounds and the work that Jan can do on the feet. And just like Jose Aldo, a 90% takedown defense rate. I don't see where Marab can work the game that he needs to really work because with five rounds for Jan to work and get some significant strikes in there, holding him up against the fence ain't going to do it. Um. Rooting for the good guy, but realistically, my fighter brain says Peter Jan's going to win this one. And he's the only one that's got a chance to get a finish. So if I had to bet some money, I'd throw it on Jan. Yeah, I I, I think you both make very good, very valid points. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of somewhere split right down the middle. Uh, Jan has got better takedown defense than Aldo did. And Aldo was able to shut him the fuck down for the most part in his game. And Jan absolutely has better striking than Aldo did, at least at the point when he faced Marab. Uh, so theoretically speaking, he should absolutely be able to just fucking batter him around on the fucking feet while he's defending the fucking takedown attempts that are inevitably going to come. On the other side of that, I also have eaten more than my fair share of fucking crow for betting on MMA math because something should, something should, something should, and it fucking doesn't when it comes to closing a cage behind two people and making a fight till someone's unconscious or quits. It does not work. Much as you might want it to It seem like it all makes sense. It fucking doesn't. That is the ironic and beautiful thing about cage fighting, prize fighting, human cock fighting, to quote an ignorant fucking senator at one point in time. Uh, the world of combat sports is a glorious, unpredictable bastard. And that's one of my favorite things about it. Um, I absolutely believe that Jan has got the hands to fucking hurt Marab. And I think Marab can be hurt. But I also think Marab is one of those crazy fucking dudes who's too tough for his own good and will keep shooting takedowns while his fucking arm is twitching and his fucking foot is stanky legging because the referee hasn't stopped him from getting shots rained on him yet. Um, I, I really, it, this is one of those like, 
my heart says Jan can take this, but my brain says, yeah, right, Marab's going to wet blanket him and it's going to suck. Like, <laughs> I, I fall somewhere right down the fucking line. I, I don't really know that there's a lot of other outs. You know, there's always the what if factor, but I think this is one of those fights that it, it really does kind of shine one way or the other, the way it's it's likely to play out. Either Jan's hands get him a victory or Marab's wrestling just shuts the fucking whole show down and he gets himself the fucking decision because I agree. I don't think Marab's got what it takes to finish it, but I absolutely think Marab has the drive and the tenacity to try 753 fucking takedowns in a fight if that's what he gets the opportunity to do. It's going to be wild. I think that's why I've been waiting for this matchup for so long because I knew it was just a matter of time before those two met. Yeah. Because you're getting that whole unstoppable object or unstoppable force and movable object fucking thing going on here where it it, it could go one of two ways and we're not going to know until we see those fucking collide and see where the pieces fall. Yeah, but that is the other half of the the beauty that is the wicked bitch of MMA is that the fun thing about weird what ifs like this is that sometimes we get to see him play out. So that's what this weekend has in store for us. We have got several fights, several cards, like I mentioned here in store. So if you like us breaking them down, us getting into all the fun here, make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you are picking the show up on, be it youtube.com slash I'm no Joe live Thursday nights, 9:30 ish central standard time uh, over on the audio only as of right now format uh, currently listed through anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe. We'll see what Spotify does with that going forward. Uh, or the potential video over there, depending on how you answer the potential poll over on our community tab here on YouTube. Either way, make sure you're subscribed and your notifications are turned on. If you like what we get up to, please make sure you are thumbs upping or giving us good reviews wherever you get the option to do so. We appreciate that very much. The best way to help the show out, though, patreon.com slash I'm no Joe. For as little as $1 a month, you get your name at the end of every single broadcast on this channel as a thank you, as well as access to behind-the-scenes, unaired, and literally unairable content, things that we legally cannot show without putting behind a paywall and verifying you're an adult that we're going to show you, too. So that being said, we appreciate each and every one of you. And on the opposite side of that coin, if for some reason you don't like what we get up to around here, first and foremost, what the fuck are you doing this deep into a podcast you don't enjoy? Give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That being said, just when you think it's done, it's not over. Like The Undertaker, we rise from the grave. And even though we end Thursday evening, first thing... Friday morning, damn near every Friday morning over on Spreaker.com slash Slow Bacon Contemplate. The brothers Vin Dog, the Booty Hog, and Christian get over and get their Slow Bake and Contemplate on, bringing you all things MMA and thought-provoking life topics. Their links as well as their socials are down in the description as well if you need to check out those brothers as well. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it, brother. And as always, once we get on into the new week and shit, you know, week's best day, hump day. You can't fucking forget the brother's show around 930, 
the same fucking time that we do this show, the exact day before we do this show, you tune in, check out some recipes, some fun mixes. If you're into the vapes, you might learn a thing or two. You just want to fucking chill and have a good time. Make sure you tune in. Follow the Brother Golf Tee Vapes. Show them some motherfucking love. Well, yeah. Thanks, sir. Now, if you weren't aware, the meter does do many things. You can find out where all the things that the meter does. You can go right down below. There's a little link to Linktree slash the meter does many things, which will show you all the many things that the meter does. All you have to do is click, then follow whichever link makes you happy, float your boat, trips your trigger. We can go on for days like this, but we're not going to. Just go click the link down below for the things that the meter does. Linktree.com. And we threw a .com in there because it's been like five fucking weeks and I felt one was necessary. So there we go. We fucked it all up and I'm out. Go click on his fucking link, goddammit. Much like Valentina, that long historic reign unfortunately had to come to an end this week. Uh, no, I, I will say, uh, much as that did surprise the shit out of me last weekend, uh, Grasso very much did get her Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo moment. They, her coaches confirmed that they've been training a counter to Valentina spin specifically for months and that is literally what led to the end of the fight and alexa getting that belt so that is as close as we are going to see in my opinion to a ladies conor mcgregor training for that fucking jose aldo step off and much as i might not have called it or, or expected it i'm not going to fucking deny it as well hats off man good job to you that being said that is all we have got for this particular episode. Uh, if you see the bar scrolling along down the bottom here, it gives the link to our Discord server. The I'm No Joe Discord server is a thing. You can get a hold of us on there for the most part, ask questions, see the news that doesn't necessarily make it to the show, and even, that's right, even their very own Slow Bacon Contemplate channel on the Discord server. You can holler at the brothers over there as well. So... That being said, that's all we've got for this particular episode. We are going to call that all for it this evening. Thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate you. And remember, until next time, boys and girls, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. Unless it's going to Mexico to get medical procedures done. It's just not fucking safe. People don't do it. And RIP to those poor two that got caught over there.